You're listening to the Paleo NP podcast, episode number 34. Welcome to the Paleo NP podcast. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and creator of MarthaFlorence.com. I live in Anchorage, Alaska with my boyfriend and fur children. I'm here to share my take on integrative health, nutrition, and fitness, answer your questions, and talk with health and wellness experts. You can submit your questions at MarthaFlorence.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Head on over to the shop page, that's MarthaFlorence.com shop, or you can find a link in the show notes where you can find products and services that I've tested and love. And when you shop through me, you not only directly support this show so I can continue to provide great content for free, but you can also have the peace of mind to know that I've done the work to find the best options out there for those looking to improve their health from the inside out and the outside in. Get started optimizing your health and performance now. So a couple of weeks ago, I wrote a blog post about why you need to exercise outdoors. I did briefly cover exercising outside in the wintertime in that post, but I got some questions and concerns about that, and I wanted to take a little bit of a deeper dive, especially since the current temperature at my house is zero degrees, and I haven't been outside, that's zero degrees Fahrenheit, and I haven't been outside to exercise since I got home from California a week ago. Since I live in Alaska, I think that I probably take my willingness to exercise outside during the winter months for granted. I've always done winter sports and enjoyed the snow, so that's just something that I find a way to do, but I realize that that's not the case for everyone. So in this episode, I'm going to focus a little bit more on practical application rather than the science like the last few have been because I wanted to cover some of the basics and some things that keep to keep in mind when it comes to exercising outside during the winter. First and foremost, dress appropriately for the weather. Most of the time, that means dressing in layers, especially if you aren't used to exercising outside during the winter, because it can be hard to know what certain temperatures are going to feel like and how warm you're you're going to be, um, because that will change as you start moving. The rule of thumb that I have always adhered to is to dress for 15 degrees warmer than the actual temperature. That's specifically for running, but it applies to other activities too. So if it's 20 degrees outside, dress like it's 35. And that's because if you are exercising, you're going to warm up and start sweating. Now, I'd say that as the temperature gets colder, you might only dress for 5 to 10 degrees warmer, but that's something that you're going to have to figure out um, your personal tolerance for. I will also say that the colder it is, the trickier this whole process becomes. At zero degrees, it's going to take you longer to warm up. So that might be a situation where you dress for zero degrees and then just take off layers as you need to, because the last thing you want is to be too cold or to get frostbite. I'd also advise investing in some quality base layers. I like wool for my base layers because unlike some other materials, wool continues to insulate well when it's wet and it dries quickly. My personal preference for base layers is a brand called Icebreaker, and I will link to anything I mentioned in the show notes so that you can find it easily. They can be kind of expensive, but they last a long time, and I think they work the best. I have several pairs of their long underwear and a couple of thin short sleeve wool shirts that I wear under the rest of my layers pretty much from November until March. Smartwool is another brand, um, but I found that their stuff wears out more quickly. As far as socks go, Darn Tough is my absolute favorite, Um, and the reason is because they last a long time and they have a lifetime warranty, so if you wear through a pair of them, they will replace them for free, which is amazing. 
I wear their running socks all year round, but I also have a slightly thicker pair that I wear when it gets cold outside. So if it's really cold, like below 10 degrees, I will run in my ski socks, which is not my favorite thing to do because they just shift around and they aren't that comfortable, but I'd prefer slightly uncomfortable to frostbite any day. If I'm biking, I have to be especially aware of my feet because they tend to get much colder biking than they do if I'm running. So I'll wear my Boggs boots if it's a really cold day, but otherwise I typically just wear my waterproof hiking shoes because they block the wind. Um, If I'm running, I just run in my regular running shoes all winter long. Figuring out some of this just takes some trial and error and knowing your own body. So if you're always cold, wear some extra layers. And if you're always warm, wear fewer layers. For your head, make sure that you have a good hat. I love winter hats, so I have a lot of them and I tend to pick one based on how cold it is. So a thicker hat for colder weather. Once it gets to about 15 degrees, I also add some sort of ear protection under my hat to make sure that the little bit of earlobe that pokes out under the bottom of my hat doesn't get too cold. I have an old pair of Swix brand earmuffs. They're really super thin um, that I wear under my hat, but you could also wear a headband or something else just to protect your ears. I'd also recommend some sort of face protection once it gets around 10 or 15 degrees or if it's windy. I use a buff because it's thin and it doesn't make me feel like I'm choking when I zip up my jacket. So buff is actually the brand. It's what I would refer to as a neck gaiter, but it's basically just a tube of fabric. Uh, If I'm biking, I wear a thin wool hat under my helmet and I have a thicker fleece neck gaiter that I wear over my jacket because my face always gets cold when I'm biking. Safety is also really important during the winter months because most of us end up exercising outside in the dark, even if you aren't worried about seeing or knowing where you're going, so you don't feel like you need a light, you do need to be concerned about other people, especially cars, seeing you. If I'm running on the road and it's dark, I always wear my reflective vest. I find that is easy because it just slips over what I'm wearing and it doesn't get in the way. So no matter how many layers I have on, um, I can just slip it over anything. I also have a lighted armband that I wear, but if I've got too many layers on, it doesn't stay on very well. If I'm on the road, I make sure to wear my headlamp. Again, not so much because I'm worried about seeing. I actually find it easier to see without it most of the time, but because I want cars to be able to see me. My dogs also have safety gear because they are low to the ground and might not be visible to cars. One of them is black and hard to see anyway. Um, I have a reflective vest for one and an LED lighted vest for the other. Another important safety bit that applies year round but is especially important in the winter when it's dark is that if you're running on the road, you should be on the left side so that you're running into oncoming traffic. If you're on your bike, you should always follow traffic rules and be on the right side of the road um, unless you're biking on the bike path. Winter footing can be challenging if you're running, so I suggest investing in a pair of grippers for your shoes, not coils like yak tracks, but spikes, and I'll link to something similar to what I have. There's also a few brands of shoes that make studded shoes, or you can use um, a specific kind of screw to stud your own shoes. We actually have a local running store here that will stud your shoes for you. If I'm running on packed trails, I don't wear my grippers because I really don't like them, 
but if it's icy, I definitely will. I do also carry them with me on longer runs on trails if I'm not sure of the conditions so that I can put them on to get through any tricky icy spots. We do get a lot of overflow on the trails around here, so sometimes it can be hard to find ways around that and your best option is to just go through. But the absolute last thing I want to do is slip and fall and hurt myself when I'm out in the middle of nowhere or miles from my house or my car. As for winter biking, I would encourage everyone to invest in a pair of studded tires. You can get them for your mountain bike too if you don't have a fat tire bike. Not only does this make winter biking more enjoyable because you don't have to worry about slipping, but I would say that it's a pretty important safety factor too, especially if you're biking on roads that are kind of icy. The last thing that you want to have happen is for your tire to slip out from underneath you and to crash on the road where there's cars. When it comes to deciding if you are going to exercise outside, please use common sense, which goes without saying, but I'm going to say it because if I don't, somebody will do something silly and blame it on me because I told them to do it. While it's certainly hard to find the motivation to go outside and exercise, when the conditions are extreme, there is almost no condition that I can't or won't go out in, but I also know my limits and I have proper equipment. If it's incredibly icy out and you don't have grippers or studded tires, I wouldn't go outside for your workout. If it's cold and you don't have a warm enough jacket or enough layers, don't risk it. If the road conditions are bad and your only option is to run or bike on the road, maybe not the best day. I would actually worry about cars running into me. If you have any sort of respiratory condition, also be careful about exercising outside when it's really cold. And even if you don't have a respiratory condition, you should still use caution because you can actually damage your airways and your lungs if they get too cold. Depending on the conditions, I often adjust my workouts to be focused on actual winter sports. So if it's just snowed six inches and I have a run scheduled, I might opt for a ski or a bike instead. I now consider biking a winter sport because I have a fat tire bike. If it's icy, I might choose to ice skate instead. And going along with that, making sure to adjust your expectations is important. You aren't going to be able to run the same pace on snow as you can on pavement or on a treadmill. And speaking from experience, you'll probably be kind of sore after the first few days of winter running. Your snow bike also doesn't go as fast as your road bike, so don't try to get your 100 mile ride in before dark because that's also probably just not going to happen. The very first half marathon I ever ran was in February in Florida, and I live in Alaska, and I remember that being a particularly cold and snowy winter. I think there were probably multiple days that I ran in below zero temperatures, and I was so worried that it was going to take me forever to finish my race because I had been running so slowly on snow all winter. Needless to say, I went faster in the actual race because the conditions were easier. So it's important to make sure that you keep the conditions in mind as you set your workout expectations. I often use a majority of my winter training time just to have fun and enjoy being outside. Yes, there are key workouts that I do when I'm more picky and try to be more focused and deliberate about when and where I do them in order to reap the maximum benefit, but I actually prefer working out outside even in the winter. So I'm much more likely to do my workout if it can be outside. The first triathlon that I trained for is in March in Hawaii. Are you noticing a theme here? Uh, races in warm places. Um, and my coach was telling me to get a bike trainer and do, you know, bike, ex bike workouts inside. And I was like, if I can't do my workouts outside, I'm probably not going to do them. So that was when I got into snow biking um, with my fat tire bike. So Getting the workout done, even if it's a little slower or shorter than it was supposed to be, is more important to me than a controlled or optimal environment. 
If you're wondering if it's even worth it to try and exercise outside in the winter, I will link to the article that I wrote about why you should get outside for your workouts. The short version of it is that gyms are gross and there's a lot of benefits to being outside in nature. If you live in a mild climate, then this should be easy. But if you're like me and you live where it gets cold and snowy, it can be a challenge. If you're just getting started thinking about winter workouts, don't feel like you have to go from doing all of your workouts inside to doing all of your workouts outside. That's certainly not the case. I would encourage you to start with one a week and then decide how that fits into your overall routine. And definitely go for the low-hanging fruit. So if you um, have a run scheduled If you're training for a triathlon and you have runs and bikes and swims scheduled, I would aim for doing your run outside because going from biking on your trainer or a stationary bike to putting studded tires on your mountain bike and biking outside is kind of a big step if you're not used to being outside in the wintertime. So that's all I've got to say about this topic for now. I hope that there was something useful here for you and that if you don't already exercise outside during the winter months, you'll consider making the switch. If you enjoy this show, I'd love it if you would subscribe if you aren't already so that you can be sure not to miss an episode since I'm not always the best about getting them out each week. Or I'd love it if you would leave a rating or review in iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Thanks so much for listening. 